fall asleep on the couch to Kansas playing Washington Get State. Get over Kansas! We are done with Kansas! Nobody fucking cares about Kansas! Salutations, sports fans and socialites. Welcome to the Bloodlines Podcast, your one-stop shop for sports news fresher than a coconut in a Colombian cabana. Coming at you from the Chicago, Illinois, shout out Ohio State University, I am your host, Brad Kirschenbaum. Joined, as always, by the Omaha Back Boys, my blood brother in arms, Tyler Hammock, and producers Ali, the Sandro Man, Godfrey, and special guest, Stephen Fuse. On today's episode, Tyler, Brad, myself, and Stephen Fucks, not Fuse, are going to get you prepared for the upcoming holiday weekend of sports and sunshine. We've got an awesome draft of the best 30 for 30 films of all time. We'll finally do our best to keep you all informed on the ever-evolving world of TikTok trends as we examine the tortilla challenge before Blad, Brad, Blad, yo, Blad, change your name, Killing it. cleans up our errors and sends us into the weekend. Welcome back, boys. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, Brad. Oh, it's man. so good to be back, man. It's, it's so good. It's just for you. So good. All right. So we obviously have all of these great sports rumors to jump into really quick, but you decided to lead off the A block with Brad murdered a Frozen character. Yes. So, yeah, that's correct. Okay. And I'm glad that it didn't just say Brad murdered Anna, my my wife, his sister, because that would have swirled into a whole nother discussion. But so yeah. this is Anna. This is you murdered Anna from Frozen. Correct? Yeah, I didn't know how to I didn't know how to type the ah. Uh. Yeah, in, no, in okay. Anna. Um, so what did she do to you? Why are you mad? What happened? So I'm not mad. So this is a fuse. This is a warning as a parent here um, of like worst case scenarios and how things can really go awry. So we're getting ready for school this morning. But prior to this, Lena had had an Anna doll from Frozen whose arm got Darth Vadered off by her vice grip as a toddler. Like she ripped this sucker off and they like, we taped it back together, but it wasn't working. And she was bringing it to school and kids were eating the stuffing. And they're like, you, you can't bring this raggedy ass doll back to school. Cause our idiot children are eating the innards of this frozen character. It's so, candy. so I order, I order her a replacement one on Amazon. PS. Do you know how much frozen dolls are on Amazon? 40 bucks. 35, 40? It's, for, 30 it's for children. It's for children. So I'm assuming, yeah, like mm -hmm. 50 to 70 bucks. Yeah, it's, it's, it's 30 bucks. So we get this new one. It comes in. We give it to her yesterday. She's like happy as a fucking clam. She she gets it. Oh, Anna's better. Yeah, we took her to the doctor. Everything's fine. <laughs> so we have to dispose of the old Anna. And so I throw it in the trash can. This trash can is brand new. Lena cannot open it. She has never opened it in her entire life. It's a it's a step trash can with a heavy lid no chance is she gonna open this thing well she figures out how to open the, the trash can this morning and anna is buried underneath coffee grounds and like banana peels but her eyes are just kind of poking through oh like a scene from toy story you have where, scarred your child oh my god well you even like in toy story when they hide in the in the things like andy doesn't love me anymore like that's all i could think when anna's staring at lena and she looks at it and she's like like I saw her putting it together and in slow motion, I just wish I could have like ripped the thought out of her brain. Cause I'm like, Oh my God. And she, what you did? She's like screaming. She's trying to reach her hand into the trash can. She's grabbing onto the trash can. And I'm like, no, you can't. Anna's all like, it's fine. We got a new Anna. She's all better. No, you ruined Anna. You hurt Anna. And she's like got a death grip on this trash can. Meanwhile, we're trying to get her off to school. Cause Alex and I both have meetings on Thursday mornings, she's like hugging the trash can. I'm trying not to laugh because this is like the funniest thing in the world to me. So she finally calms down. 
She goes into the other room, like she's going to go get ready, and then beelines it back to the trash can to try to go rescue Anna from the depths of decomposing food. And she can't do it. And finally, we're just like, yeah, that's, you know what? Your old Anna was broken. She's in the trash can now. This is what happens when when people break. Uh, so <laughs> don't act up, all right? So um, I think you could have used that as a parenting opportunity to, like, teach her about, like, there's death in life. We're going to have a funeral for the for the old Anna, mm-hmm. bury her in the backyard, bring out the recorder, let Dwight play the little harmonica song, and, and bury, make a nice little, you know, a tissue box casket for the for the dead Anna, um, and just say, you know, life moves on. And instead right. of having her traumatically live through seeing her favorite doll of her childhood, die from suffocation from your coffee grounds yeah brad way to not know how to parent your own child this sounds like somebody who doesn't have kids of their own i was just gonna say (laughs) (laughs) well my my son's only 13 months old but there's already things where i'm like yeah you know i used to think a certain way but now i just don't have the time for it (laughs) i gotta get you out there it's taking you 45 minutes to put fucking pants on i don't have 15 minutes to explain the circle of life to you (laughs) Okay, very fair. Speaking <laughs> speaking of the circle of life that all started with Nebraska back in 2010, holy shit, boys, conference realignment. We were supposed to record on Monday. Here we are on Thursday night. It was all meant to be. By noon today, here's this rumor that USC and UCLA are potentially thinking about starting conversations with the Big Ten. And now here we are, 7 p.m., well, 7.20 p.m., thanks, Ollie's internet, uh, for and USC and UCLA are just, they're in the Big Ten. Here we are in 2024, UCLA, USC to the Big Ten. It's apparently official. Initial thoughts? I mean, when you think of the Big Ten, isn't the first state that comes to mind California? I mean, it's the, it's one of the biggest. Um, it's the granddaddy of all. If okay, there, there's so many things to unpack here. I think it, obviously it's pretty fucking awesome, and eventually this was going to happen. And it's cool that the, we're a part of the first conference that goes coast to coast. I was actually, I think I referenced this a couple episodes back. I was at a luncheon that Rasmussen was talking, Bruce Rasmussen, the former Creighton athletic director, and he was talking about how he worked or tried for years to convince the Big East athletic directors to get Gonzaga in the Big East. He wanted to make the Big East the first coast to coast conference and having it be in basketball he thought that would have branded the big east so well here we are not even two years later um, from him starting those conversations and we have the first coast to coast conference this is not going to stop it's just going to keep evolving so who are the next couple of teams to join the big 10 so we're sitting at hold on i just had my notes down here so we're sitting at 14 now and then we're going to add ucla and usc to get to 16 which is the exact same as what you as what sec will be when texas and oklahoma add so we will both be at 16 teams brad you're shaking your head why is that not correct no that's right i was yeah. i was okay, looking at something right. real quick i was actually checking the conferences Okay, so yeah, that is correct. So the Big Ten and the in the SEC are both going to be at hypothetically sixteen, with Big Ten getting there in twenty four and SEC getting there in twenty five. Um, with the one really interesting kicker with that uh, SEC deal, though, that the Big Twelve is adding Houston, Cincinnati, BYU, and UCF, mm-hmm. but in the legal description of that contract, it is no later than twenty twenty four, and it's 
from what I've read, very much in the works to happen faster to try to dilute the Big 12 money to kind of punish Texas and OU more and get them out faster so we can just kind of get this evolution moving. Um, regardless, neither here nor there, let's focus on the Big 10. Who's next? What's the next couple of dominoes to fall? I mean, it's Notre Dame, right? Like this is Notre Dame is in in the in the world of leverage here, which is what everybody's trying to play by. Everybody's trying to get the biggest cut. Notre Dame wants to put their nuts on the table so that they can, you know, feel like they're a little more important like they always have. They are, you know, they're they're the piece the Big Ten has always wanted. And I think that they can get out of their ACC deal pretty easily, especially from a football perspective. So that's not like, that's not a holdup, but I don't think there's any choice, but to go and join a conference right now. Like, I don't think they get to stay independent. And because if we get two super conferences, which it sure seems like that's where it's headed. I still think three makes more sense because you can, you, I still think you can build a good conference out of the scraps of the remaining three conferences. If the geography doesn't matter, then like you can get a really nice conference out of that and, and you get 48 teams, you know, 316, but we're not going to get there. So we're going to have two 20 team conferences and there's going to be what Notre Dame sandwiched in the middle. And like, that's not going to work. So they're going to have to join the big 10. But after that, I think the Big Ten either goes, uh, I mean, Oregon makes a lot of sense. Oregon academically is a good school. Um, there's a lot of Nike branding within the Big Ten, which is, you know, not not a thing. And then you get, because they're going to have to create pods. You're going to have to have like a West Coast pod of some sort. Otherwise, right now, that pod is probably going to be Nebraska, USC, UCLA, and then somebody else. Like we're the furthest West, West team by 400 miles. So um, I think they're going to do something else like that. I think that they have a, a plan in mind. When, when Rutgers and Maryland join, just uh, to wrap my piece of this up, they let them join on separate days. So everybody kind of got their shine. Everybody got their special day. Um, and I think they'll do that again with this announcement with USC and UCLA. They're going to join together on one day. And then I guarantee you, if it's not tomorrow, I guarantee you we start hearing something first thing next week after the holiday where it's, uh, you know, I, so I had the Arizona State piece wrong. Arizona State, Arizona, Colorado, and Utah is who the Big 12 are targeting right now. Uh, yeah, they can target them all they want. It yeah. doesn't mean that they're going to get them. And it, the, it just, it's a natural tie-in because of the Rose Bowl. Now, I was texting you guys earlier about this. Mm -hmm. The Rose Bowl is the granddaddy of them all, the greatest bowl game for a very specific reason. It kind of has the longest standing tradition. Traditions just make the game, the buildup, the excitement, the people that don't watch college football, but they're going to tune in to watch that sunrise on, you know, the on January 1st, most beautiful game every year. The history has been Washington versus Michigan. It has been USC versus Wisconsin. It has been all of these classic Big 12, Big 10. So while, yes, initially the shock of this is going to feel weird, at the end of the day, I really hope we get to add a Washington, as you said, an Oregon, a Colorado, and Notre Dame to be those last four to get to 20 in the Big 10. I think that would be a perfect round out there. There's 65 teams currently in the five Power Five conferences. I think we can get that down to 40 get maybe two leagues of 20, like you're saying, Brad, maybe ruffle up maybe two lower leagues of 10 or 15 with the remaining there. But there's still so much to be decided here because there's 129 total teams in D1 football. So Not for long. Not for long. Well, what do you mean not for long? I think that some of these schools are going to cut football programs. It's not going to be financially viable. I guarantee you we're down Which to conferences are you referencing here? Because I know there the, the the even the Mac schools, the 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 Mountain West schools, the football money they make funds all other programs. 
Yeah, I understand that. I'm not talking about those schools. I'm talking about like Washington State. Who the hell wants Washington State? Who wants to go to Pullman? They're going to have a huge budget. Nobody's going to go there for any of these games when Washington State plays fuck all university. And Mm -hmm. it's not going to work well for the lower power five teams. I think they're really going to struggle if they don't have a good basketball program and they don't get picked up by one of these big power conferences because they do fund the other athletic departments. And Title IX is going to screw them if they can't fund those other things with the revenue they used to get. I'd wager my left nut Washington State is not going to get rid of their football program. I'm and just I, using it as an example. I'm I'm saying like that's the I first thing that popped into my head. Yeah, the Oregon States, the I understand what you're saying the the lower tiered ones, but still, th- these are large. I mean, Brad, you're the academia more of any of the four of us in these large, huge money institutions. Well, I guess Fuchs, I think you've got a little tie in there as well. You can talk about the the university monies here, but I mean. These football programs absolutely fund every other sport on the campus. That's not just true at Nebraska. That's true at um, uh, Louisiana Lafayette. That's yeah. true at Georgia Southern. That's true at all of these schools that are D1 football that still pull 40,000 fans a game. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of jerseys. The Washington State flag's still flying. There's still great traditions everywhere. These things are these teams, these programs are not just going to fall by the wayside. What will fall by the wayside is Mark fucking Emirate and the NCAA because they are just so irrelevant now. It's not even funny. I mean, they were always pretty irrelevant, but this is just all about the TV deals. Big 10 gets to renegotiate their TV deal in 2024. It is the absolute perfect timing to renegotiate that. Notre Dame, huh, kind of interesting timing. They get to renegotiate their NBC TV deal in 2025. SEC in Oklahoma, 2025. Everything's going to happen here in the next three years. Um, crazy. Do you, you think that Washington State will get more or less TV money when they're not in a conference that matters? They'll get less. A lot less. Yeah. Okay. Like a lot less. Like a, like probably 10 to $12 million a year less. I would make, I would probably say $30 million less comparing to what it's going to be because you think about what these teams are making right now. SEC makes 45 million per team. Big 10 makes 32 million per team. Big 12 makes 20 million per team. Pac-12 makes 20 million per team. In in these lower conferences, the Max, the Big West, the, all these other ones, 500 to 1.5 million. Very significant drop-off. So I bet it'd be... 20 to 25 million less if they don't get into the big conferences. Yeah. The big 10. So their net profit last year was $23 million. So if they lose 25 million in revenue, it's going to be pretty tough to keep that football program around. Yeah. There's, there's still going, you so okay. And so you're just saying that there's, that's just, my there's argument. only there's, going there's, to be, you yeah. think there's going to be only 40 college football teams. No, I didn't say that. I think that there, I think that there are teams like the MAC teams that don't requ- require as much TV revenue because they don't de- depend on it now. I think there's going to be 20 teams, 25 teams that get cut out of these huge TV deals and are not going to get the amount of revenue they do. And therefore, we'll either have to significantly scale back their football program or we'll have to make some cuts. And you can only cut so many sports before you have to cut your football program. I think instead of cutting the programs, what will be interesting, I think... Well, not what I think. I can see it being they turn more into D3 sports. Yeah, that's and a good I point. Went, I went to a D3 school, and there was – I mean, there was a – I swam in college, and there was, a, there was a kid who could have been – he could have swam for any of the Big Ten teams. But he was like, I just don't want to pour my life into it. I like swimming. I don't want to make it everything. And mm. I think there's a lot of the kids – 
who might realize that they're not going to go pro in football, but still want to play at a decently high level and just say like, okay, I, I'd like to not have morning and evening practice and maybe just evening practice and play, play on Saturdays. Right. So I could see, I could see like a different, maybe the NCAA takes all of these (laughs) like schools that aren't, aren't, making shit for their their money here and saying okay we'll just take all of the amateurs and all of the schools that can make money but they're not amateurs i get that's oh, I, no, I, no, I do see absolutely not no it should have been the the quotations there of uh, the amateurism mm-hmm. but like let the schools who can actually draw money off of naming rights take all of the big 10 the sec and mm-hmm. whatever other conference comes out of that and then say all right instead whatever's left over we're quote unquote amateurs and let them kind of all play in their own little kiddie pool off in the corner. It, I, 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 I'm hearing your arguments. You guys, this is still America. This is still football. There's so much more money to be had. There's more streaming services. The deals are only going up. And not to mention, where's all this talent going? So all of a sudden, there's 65 full teams of 120-man rosters of D1 college football players that are trying to go pro. Now we're just saying, yeah, now half of them are just mentally, they're not going to want to do that anymore. They're going to want to go to a lower level. Like, no, the talent's still there. The drive is still there. The desire from the consumer, us, these idiots that have podcasts and this country that nonstop consumes football. I understand what the numbers are now, but football is growing and growing and growing in popularity every single year. It's not just the NFL. These TV rights are going through the effing roof. Big Ten's going to close for over a billion dollars next year. It's. I know that these are the top two ones, but the fact that we're going to say that these lower tiered divisions these low the max the the mountain west are just going to fall by the wayside i the title nine argument is not is one i'm i want to hear more about because i just don't know enough about the the dominoes that have to fall to make a football program go away to keep enough women's sports i know there's some complexity to that but to say there's not enough money to keep these around i don't buy there's so much money out there for this so much money. Okay. Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus is going to sign the Big West for $15 million, and each team will get three. And that'll be an upgrade from where they are now. There's only five teams in the Big West? It Just just let me live, Brad. <laughs> let me live. <laughs> I just I just think you're you're under you're underselling the desire for football. I, and, and I think nobody I think nobody watches a Kansas football game ever again if they're not in the Big 12 outside of like people who actually care about Kansas. Kansas, sure. They're, but they're, you're, you're, that's a power five school in a is, big what about Georgia Tech? going to have Georgia, a spot. Tech, like Georgia, Georgia, Tech. Georgia Tech. What about Wake Forest? What about Virginia? Uh, you, those are pretty diehard fan bases with very big football. Virginia, programs. Virginia will get a spot in a big conference. Virginia, North Carolina might round out the 20 to the Big Ten. All right. Well, if we're going to have to go run down an entire list here, you can't just cherry pick the worst football program in the history of D1 football in Kansas and be like, you know, fall by the wayside. No shit. No one goes to their games anyway. But the, I literally think my argument was the bottom of the barrel power five teams will have a hard time keeping their programs as they are and might have to cut them. And you just said, yeah, of course they're going to have to cut them to me. (laughs) Of course they have to cut them at all. I'm just, they're going to be changes and there's going to be more money there. Just say I don't, I, I, don't agree. I, I don't think they're going to – I think Kansas's football revenue will be substantially lower. Get rid of Kansas. We already understand Kansas is gone. We get Kansas. Yeah, get Washington, Washington State. State. Your first example was Washington State, and I'm literally so wagering my left nut. Washington State will not – they will absolutely be a football program in 25 years. Good, good thing you still have two of them. 
<laughs> well, that's what you know. You don't know what happened. You don't know what my nickname was. That's the reason that they call me One-Eyed Joe. Um, so, okay, whatever. Let's talk Kansas here in Kansas basketball. Them coming to the Big East. Is that going to happen? What What's next? Are the low Big 12 basketball programs going to fall by the wayside? Is West Virginia, they're going to, we're not going to have a West Virginia basketball school anymore because they're, they're not Kansas in basketball, Brad? I mean, West Virginia is probably going to have a hard time if they don't get a conference. According, like, according to Brad, we're only going to have 20 colleges with sports here in a couple of years. So um, in, in, a, in a world where the NFL is about to close a, a maybe a trillion dollar deal in a couple of years, uh, what Amazon is going to be pumping so much money into this stuff. There's plenty of money in the world. We're going to be fine. Just sit can, back and consume it. Amazon Prime. Be a negative man. Bath towels while you fall asleep on the couch to Kansas playing – Washington Get State. over Kansas. We are done with Kansas. Nobody fucking cares about Kansas. Here's an interesting statistic to keep in mind. Jesus. This, what are we even talking about? Participation in youth football has dropped 40% from mm. 2017, or roughly 40%. And that's not going to, you know, lead hard into, like, pure numbers going into college because you know you, you always hear the stories of like uh oh i didn't start playing until my freshman year in high school but i think there will be a lot of kids who normally caught the bug to play football at a younger age in you know prep football who are going into other sports that are quote unquote safer I think that's a great point. I mean, you you have a smaller talent, not just talent pool, but number of people who are passionate about it and and uh, and pushing towards that. I think the other thing, you know, you brought up the the, the state of colleges and universities earlier, um, Tyler. The I mean, the the enrollment cliff for universities in 2026 after the boo after uh, the millennials stopped having kids in 08, 20 like once the birth rate started to drop, there's going to be several hundred thousand fewer college enrollees starting in 2026 it's a huge issue uh which is also it's it's gonna hit like smaller like liberal arts schools first um and just smaller enrollments but as these schools you're gonna move up the selectivity range and some of these other schools are gonna have a really tough time uh filling all their classes from a revenue perspective not that that i'm not saying that anybody's cutting football because of that but it is an element that schools will have to going to take into account with their budgets And that's talking academia for everybody. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just, I'm still a little rattled by this take that we think all these college programs are just not going to exist anymore when this country just nonstop it, craves and consumes football. Yeah. It's the highest rated TV and the NFL holds, I think it was 65 of the top 100 TV rights. College football had, I think it was eight of the top 100. And that's, I mean, it's, it's football, 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 football. This country consumes it like no other sport. Kansas, Kansas, Kansas football. Let's go rock chalk. Yeah. You can, you can go to their empty game. Hey, you guys going to watch this hot dog eating thing this weekend? Let's go. Let's talk. Let's talk about the the real issues here. Do you guys ever watch? Is Joey Chestnut still the guy? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So my sister, my sister met him in a San Jose airport one time. That's, um, that sounds right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I swear to God, she, she comes back and tells me, yeah, this guy's going to be on Man versus Food in a couple episodes. Like, apparently some competitive eater. And sure as shit, like two years later, he was the – he took over the 
was that? Where's the previous guy? Toby Kobayashi. 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 He took over him. So I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess here because I um, did his run start. I don't know, early 2010s, 2011-ish? Um, that Joey right, after I, right after I got out of college, yeah. Um, so, we yeah, can, we, we can pull that up later. There's some, apparently, there's some new hot shot that's coming up. Uh, Fuse, you've done an Ironman before. How many of the, how many hot dogs do you think you could have eaten at the end of that Ironman in 10 minutes? Like, you're, you're Honestly, none. probably none. Your stomach's all <laughs> I had I had two beers, and I could hardly walk. Like, I was, yeah. I was almost, like, blackout drunk after two, like, light beers. That's fair. Uh, but how many in a normal in a normal world, how many hot dogs – you get 10 minutes – how many hot dogs can you realistically put down? I don't even care about the bun, just like the, just the wieners. If I'm feeling like like I got a lot of, if I'm bragging about myself, I feel like I could do like ten, but there's no fucking way. It'd be like five, five maybe. I think I could get. I I see ten is the number I had in my head. I think I could actually take down ten, ten, maybe even including buns in well, ten minutes. Think about like all right. Say you're sitting at, I don't know, a, uh, a cookout. You know, you're, you're barbecuing. Mm-hmm. How many hot dogs are you guys getting? I mean, I'm not getting five because I don't want to feel like a fat ass, but, like, I three is a very reasonable number. You grab yeah. the plate that's going to protect your legs from the scalding hot. <laughs> yeah, make sure you have the good plate, the red Dixie plate. Make yeah, sure you have the good plate. Really good plate, but then, mm-hmm. I mean – Honestly, I have one plate, maybe one and a half, and I'm full. That's mm-hmm. that's five hot dogs. Yeah. If I think if hot dogs were just a little bit less gross when you actually think about what you're consuming and the amount that you're consuming, that's the only mental barrier for me of like hammering a bunch of them. Even though I know brats are kind of essentially the same kind of grossness. Um, I, if you if you flip this to brats, I would take I could maybe hammer. I think I could hammer five or six brats in ten minutes. I think I truly think I could hammer more brats than hot dogs off of just the joy of eating them and wanting yeah. to shove them down my gullet faster and more. Cause I'm just like, this is awesome. I want to keep doing it. Give me more spicy mustard. I want it all. I just feel like brats are a lot of like physical labor relative to like, it's definitely a chewier thing for sure. Yeah, gonna, oh yeah. yeah but I'd be so more interested in so brat more to it. There's so much more to a brat. It's almost like two dogs for one brat. Mm-hmm. Because Ooh, you get the yeah. juice coming out of it. You got you to gotta make sure you're not wasting the juice from the brat. In the hot dog, you're like, eh. it's just like, I feel you like I'm sweating just thinking about eating like two or three hot dogs. Do you, like, do you like boiled or grilled or microwave? No, no, not brats and hot dogs. <laughs> yeah, microwave the fucking hot dogs. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not in high school anymore. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I don't boil. I've never had... Well, I haven't had a boiled hot dog in a long time. Uh, I would say grilled. I mean, yeah. I can't tell you the last time I actually voluntarily ate a hot dog. So, I mean, I'm a big Chicago dog fan. Um, I'll usually, I'll probably, I'll get myself into a Chicago dog once a, every week at least. And those are all boiled. You know, they're just kind of soaking in the tub. Um, honestly, it depends on on the experience. If I'm going Chicago dog, give me boiled. If it's like if it's going to stand on its own. And like then, sure, grilled maybe, but uh, I'm I'm with Tyler. I'm choosing a brat over a dog, uh, and you did a week. I bring it up because I think I could have way more grilled hot dogs than boiled hot dogs. Like get them nice and grilled, just 
you know, nice little quick little split of ketchup, a little bit of mustard. And I don't know. I just think I could, I could have more of them if they're grilled. I like that little crunchier outside. And there's, it's there's a, a mental, for me, it's a mental barrier. Too, though, because when you boil it, there's more water content in it. When you grill it, the water contents, I'll leave it. See, we're mm-hmm. smarter than we think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I love the idea of Tyler showing up to the Nathan's hot dog eating contest and be like, Oh no, I need you to grill all these. I'll wait. <laughs> yeah. So Pam, I got uh, 1000 hot dogs here. They're, they're, they're already cooked, so they don't have to be warmed up, but if you can get these thousand ones ready, we're going to have a hot dog eating contest. <laughs> uh, all right. I think we can do this as a super contest punishment. Whoever loses the super contest in the fall has to eat as many hot dogs as they can, or has to eat 10 hot dogs or whatever, whatever sounds right. See, I, I actually think we flip it and make the person that loses it have to eat only the bread by dipping it in the water. So you have, oh. to, have like, you have to have like 20 pieces of the bread and dip them in the water every time instead of doing the hot dogs. <laughs> that's, that's horrible. Yeah, that's not great. Drink the water. Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, yeah. Well, we don't really actually make each other do these punishments other than the fun ones when we go to games. So let's 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 not punish each other. Okay. Um, so speaking of speaking of liquids and beverages, mostly the liquids, internal and sometimes external. Uh, Mukova lost. You doing okay, Muhova? Muhova, yes, she did. Muhova? Um, yeah, yeah, that that was a, she. It was a bad draw. So what's what's really tough for her right now is she's ranked 81st in the world. We don't. I'm not going to spend much time on Muhova here, but with the women's tennis, it's all about the draw. And if you don't have that ranking you're going to have to get fate matched up against somebody who is ranked in those first rounds. So what hurts for her so much is in the French, she got through Maria Sakari, who's the fourth ranked women's tennis player in the world, and then got injured in the very next round, which was her opportunity getting past the that top tier to get farther in the tournament, get her rankings back. But because of her injury, she fell down that next round, and she's pretty much still in that same very low tier. Um, yeah, Simona Hallett played great. Uh, she won again today, and she's on to the third round. She is fantastic. So, um, yeah, tough loss, but a lot of other upsets. I thought it was pretty hilarious that – so that was, that was two minutes on Mukova. Okay, you can cut that, Ollie, if you want. You can cut a minute of that out. Um, but we but we were going to have, as I, I think I already said, we we're going to record on Monday. And I was I put two futures on our uh, on our agenda sheet. I didn't actually place them, thank God. But I put these two futures on our agenda sheet. Felix Auger Aliasim, who got incredibly upset in the first round, and then Matteo Berrettini, who got knocked out because of COVID the day before the tournament started. So... Um, there's no hotter gambling podcast in the entire world than this one. He he voluntarily took himself out. Where Why are you none of the none of the players are testing. Oh, testing. You're just said like I don't feel good. Yeah, he's like, hey, uh, I tested and I'm testing positive, so. Like, I'm out. We're like Novak Djokovic. You think that motherfucker took a test? Oh, my God. He probably There was a picture of Berrettini and him. There's a picture of Berrettini and Djokovic together a week before Wimbledon. Yeah. So, neither here nor there. But, yes. There are a few Americans left, though. Stimulating water with his his mind. Yeah, that sounds right. If he's positive or not. Fuchs, we do have our big time setup for uh, Saturday, though. Kyrios against Sitsipas. Ooh, absolute must watch tennis. 
Ollie, Brad, do you know anything about Nick Kyrgios? Yeah, he's uh, he's he's good. He's loud. He's very like outgoing. And he, honestly, I wish more people played tennis like him. Just like I wish golfers were more expressive. Like just like have a little bit of fun out there. He's an asshole for sure. But like I don't know when you're being competitive. I don't I, I don't fault anybody for being an asshole when they're being competitive. Like I certainly can fall into that category. So I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I'm not going to get dialed up and start shouting about nonsense. Infuse, you're a Kyrgios fan, correct? I I enjoy watching him. He's not my favorite player, but I, I tend to like more clay court players. Mm-hmm. And he is the absolute opposite of a clay court player. Yeah. But I enjoy <laughs> watching him. He, he, every time I watch him, I get enjoyment out of it. So He's good for the sport. Yeah. He's good I, for the yeah. sport. Kind of like a DeChambeau a little bit, but controversial in ways, but... And, you know, that's interesting. I would say, the, like, the rivalry between him and Tsitsipas is similar to DeChambeau and... Uh, Kepka? Yeah. Yeah, I was yep. going to say, what's his name? Tsitsipas wanted to be, like, the fake philosopher. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, he looks like the philosopher. Like, he's he literally just wants to be this Greek god, which kind of looks like it. But that's just going to be a must-see match. Uh, Ali, what's so interesting about this guy, if you don't know about him, um, he's... As Brad said, very controversial, very outspoken, um, very uh, so in a way. So he'll play doubles. He has like his best friend that he plays doubles with, and he'll try to like sneak an underhand serve on guys if they're not paying attention. Just drop it across instead of doing an actual overhand serve. So he does a lot of like really interesting, weird stuff like that that just no one else does in the game. Um, and, and yeah, he trash talks, and he trash talks a lot. There, trash talk for the fans. He told a player, what was it like, probably like six or seven years ago now, he told Stan Wawrinka that his friend fucked his girlfriend at one point. So that's the kind of, that's kind of stuff you get with him. Just like mid-match, just like, people don't forget. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, It's, it's It's must watch every time he's on the court. It is must watch. Saturday morning, make sure you guys are tuning in for that. Um... Anything else you want to talk about, Brad, or you want to move off? For ten- is that talking tennis? Hey, if I, I wanted to give you a little air there with the talking tennis. Otherwise, we can uh, uh, we can talk about uh, some more just, post potential moves. I just wasn't sure if you want to touch base on this boobs comment here. Oh, yeah. Are there any good boobs left? <laughs> I'm, I'm sure there are some. I'm okay. sure there are some. Mona Halep, you just, just called it out. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, Halep, is, I, I'm, I'm familiar with her, her body of work. She's actually had to have her boobs reduced. That's that's actually really smart medically. I mean, you don't want somebody with back problems. I respect that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to have a nice uh, speed ratio. Speaking of people with back problems that just can't stop carrying NBA teams on their back, Kevin fucking Durant is he? Is he? Is that uh, as a non NBA guy here? I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna pump the brakes on trying to slander him too much because I want to get your guys' opinion on. If you think this is the right move for him, if he's annoying by trying to jump ship again, or if this is just the state of the NBA and go chase the money, chase the title. What's your guys' stance on KD wanting out of Brooklyn? Um, I don't see. I mean, he hasn't, he has no, no trade clause. Um, so he could be traded anywhere. Here's the thing. You don't have to trade him. Like he requested a trade. Now it's going to be a pain in the ass. If you do, if you don't trade him, you're not going to get any assets back. I, I don't have a problem at a certain point with like, this is just who he is. He doesn't care about building a connection with the city. He doesn't care about the team piece. 
he wants to he just wants to win he's the kid who was better than everybody else in in grade school and then he went to join the good team because he's like why would i want to play with bad players like that was his logic in going to golden state like i just want to play with better players and so to that end and like i i just kind of think that's how it is uh for him i think that he the comparison like i don't know there's he's just like He's like a he's like a good Carmelo Anthony. Like if Carmelo Anthony had been better, he's basically Kevin Durant. And so, but he thinks that he's like a better version of I'm like I don't even know who he thinks he's better than that he's not. He probably thinks he's a better version of like Larry Bird, and that like he's this guy, and that he doesn't need you know he can kind of go somewhere and he's going to build his team. But I don't know. Uh, I, I think he's going to go to Phoenix. That wasn't the question, but I think that's where he's going to go. I mean, Durant is, he's just moving, like, he, he just, he's going to be remembered. He's probably, like, going to be in my top six or seven guys in the NBA in, like, the last 15, 20 years. But it's, like, it's not great. It, there, there's nothing that he's done that makes me think, like, oh, my God. Thank God we had you in the NBA other than just doing weird things and being way too online. I feel like NBA Twitter loves him, though. Now, not just NBA Twitter, but just the, the, the NBA hard burners. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm just NBA hard is just his game. Like people very much think he's one of the greatest basketball players, and I don't know. I, I I feel like that was a little bit of a slander to say he thinks he's a little just a better version of Carmelo Anthony. I think that's doing a little bit too much respect to Carmelo, Carmelo Anthony and almost disrespecting uh, Kevin Durant a little bit. But neither here nor there, they're both great. I don't know. I, let's see him in a Bulls jersey, and I'm gonna fucking love the guy. Yeah. So. I mean, this is all pending if he comes to the Bulls. If you know, if he goes to the Pistons for some ungodly reason, uh, not a chance. I mean, uh, but if he does, I'm just starting to pay attention to the Pistons again for the first time since 2006. So yeah, we're getting good. Uh, Three more years. It's. I mean. I, lo- I loved the draft. It was a really, really good draft for you guys. So that's fun. The Red Wings, the Pistons, it's all coming together. Yeah, and Michigan, now the Michigan State-UCLA rivalry can can go forward. <laughs> Speaking of uh, Michigan State players making some news here, so Le'Veon Bell and Adrian Peterson have entered into a boxing deal. Um kind of had me thinking here so they're gonna do a little exhibition boxing match in july uh two former running backs. what's that do they not like each other is there like beef here i don't think so i think it's just they're just trying to make some money i don't think there's like actual beef between them i just think it's kind of this growing trend of former nfl players trying to make some money in other areas and a lot of it's been in the ring the randy gregory jumped in there not randy gregory who is that other guy the crazy defensive end from the cowboys that's perfect nope that's the definitely a safety from the Bengals. I'm talking about a defensive end from the Cowboys. Um, oh Marcus God, Ware. what? Marcus uh, Ware. I'll I'll look it up and bring it up later. I think you're right on his last name. I think it's is it something Gregory though? Randy Randy Gregory's the Nebraska guy, but he didn't he didn't go into boxing. He's had issues with uh, marijuana in and out of the league, but he's still on the Cowboys and is rostered. But there was a a a, a th- uh, I don't want a, a very Greg yeah. Harden. Greg Harden. Harden. There you go. Harden. Another horrible human being. <laughs> yes. Like, I think that's – it's just kind of along this trend. Let's make some money after football here. Um, but just thought I'd ask, of of all the big beefs in the history of the NFL, are there any fights that you would want to see? 
So pick two players in the NFL or two players in any other professional sport. If you want to branch it out a little bit, just two beefs that players have and you want to see them go at it. I think the mm. first one that jumped to mind for me was that Cortland Finnegan and Andre Johnson, where they basically had a boxing match in the middle of the field. Um, I think they, I think they had like a full on fist fight at least two times in that game. Um, otherwise that or Jay Cutler versus any of his five offensive coordinators. <laughs> or I got a good one that you might like, uh, Brett Favre against Brian Urlacher. See, I, I thought about a Bears Packers thing, but one, Urlacher's too respectable. A two, Favre, I don't know. I think I think Favre even's not like a he's not like a I want to fight you kind of guy. I think if even though he's a Packer, I, I I think if I got to know Brett Favre, I'd want to hang out with him and toss some whiskey back and shoot the shit. Aaron Rodgers, not a chance. He can just fly off to space with his never ever land girlfriend. Um, <laughs> but, but Brett Favre, I think he's kind of a cool. I I, I could see myself getting along with him. Urlacher, yeah. See, plus the Bears were never good enough for long enough to ever really have that be a a true like it's a rivalry deep down between the cities and the cultures, but it's been a long time since we've had two players that are consistently good enough on either side of the ball to build up a beef like that. The beef exists just because of the fan bases and us living in mediocrity and you guys constantly winning the division and losing in the playoffs. I, I see. I thought you were going to go with, I would want to see Farmer Rogers. I want Farmer V. Rogers in a boxing match. I think that's a lot. I think that's a lot more interesting. Oh yeah, um, and then so throw that, Jordan Love in there too. Yeah, I, I was thinking a Rogers Love, but they're current, and I guess Rogers is current for Favre, Favre Rogers. But um, I would like to see that one. Um, I want to see. I was trying to think of like weird matchups that you could find, and I was thinking like Tyre- like Tyreek Hill against um, Aaron Donald. Yeah, like but Donald's still low. Like yeah, Donald I, would win you that. Need to, I wanted somebody tall and, and like wiry or like Gronk. Here, there you go. Tyreek Hill versus Gronk. Hmm. I got I got two options, but I don't want to give away the second one because it could be tied into something later. Oh, um, like that little ben, thirty for thirty teaser. <laughs> yeah, Ben Wallace against Meta World Peace. Yes, Ooh. Alice at like the that. Palace. Yeah, yeah. dude. That they would make so much money if that was a boxing match that they set up. Oh, yeah, and I would put all I would mortgage my house on Ben Wallace. <laughs> I mean, I I would, Ben Wallace was so good and he was so insane. Nobody's ever had shoulders quite like him. Like Dwight Howard had like those robot shoulders, but Ben Wallace's were like, this is just like, oh my God, what have you what kind of lat raises are you doing right now? Because they are working, buddy. No one made such an impact without scoring a single point. I know. <laughs> he had like double doubles with no points. Game, but you couldn't not start him. See, yeah, just like everything to that team. He was Joakim Noah before Joakim Noah. Like when he came over, he came over to the Bulls at the end of his career. Ben Wallace did, and I think it was around like when we got like Drew Gordon and I can't. I'm, I'm not a big NBA guy, so I can't think of everyone. But Ben Wallace getting there, it was a big deal when we got him near the end of his career, and I that instantly transitioned into those Taj Gibson, um, Derrick Rose, and Joakim Noah years. Joakim Noah was adored by the city of Chicago, absolutely adored because of his work ethic, everything. And he played very similar. I love guys like that. Ben Wallace. I wish there were more of them in the league still. I might watch more. Yeah. Well, um, now I'm going to be watching pretty much everything and thinking these people should fight. They should fight. (laughs) Well, maybe with that transition, Fuchsia's kind of teed it up. Should we slide right into the 30 for 30 draft here? I think now's the time. 
All right, let's go. Ollie, are you prepared for this? Did you did you get to listen? Did you watch one more? I know you said you only had about four or five on your list, so I can't wait to see what straws you're grasping at at the late rounds here. Maybe you'll make yeah. a fruit pizza mistake like I did, except it wasn't a mistake. I stand by that. Nah, I'm going to cut the it wasn't a mistake part out, and I'll just leave it. it was <laughs> except for the fruit pizza mistake. Don't you worry. <laughs> it was not a mistake. All right. Um, should we let our guest go first? Oh, sure. And then pick the order? Oh, that, oh just set it up however you guys normally do it. Don't, that right. need, don't need special treatment. Come on. If I'm going to win, I want to win on my own volition here. <clears throat> oh, yeah. All right. Ones and twos, right? Yep. Ones and twos. All right. I'll say three, two, one. Throw it on one. Three, two, one. All right. We're even here. Let's do it All one right. more time. Three, two, one. Ali, oh, oh, oh. you're first and you pick the order. Let's go. All right. Um, let's see. Uh, big Kamish, you go two. Yes. Fuchs. Uh, no, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Big Daddy three. Fuchs, I'm going to give you four and you get the you get the, the turn there. All right. I was going to say, I always, I always appreciate the turn on a, a snake draft. Yeah. I'll give, I'll give I mean, you, that's I'll, the rules of the rules. Snake draft. Yeah, snake yeah. draft. Pretty yep. straightforward. Yep, you get you get the turn. All right, cool. Uh, well, I'll I'll kick it off here. Uh, my my first pick in this thirty for thirty draft. Tyler is just like, give me the drum roll. It's just, it's I've, it seems obvious to me, but I want to hear you say it. Obvious. Well, I, I guess so. you've only I seen guess, four of them. Uh, yeah, I've only seen four of them. Uh, but just a, a line aligns a lot more with uh, the the sports that I like, but the birth of Big Air, Life of Matt Hoffman. Oh, oh. Produced, okay. I think, not by, what I was by, expecting, but cool. by Jeff by Jeff Tremaine, who did like Jackass and uh, what's the crazy one with uh, um, blanking on the name? Um, the crazy guys, they do a bunch of like wild stuff. Anyway, he Jackass? circus, no circus, rocket. Circus, oh, or, uh, Rob Diedrich's thing. Rob, yeah, yeah, yeah. Big and uh, Robin Big. No, I, I'll get I it. I can't remember. What, yeah, it. You'll, yeah, look it up. I'm not. I'm blanking on the name, but anyway, he's like. He, what's that? I, like, yeah, I, I can't remember what it was. Anyway, Brad will uh, bring I got it. Uh, I got it. Back. We'll, we'll um, do it at the end. Yeah, perfect. But Jeff Tremaine did those as well. So pretty much anything he he puts out in the stories he creates, I I love. I'm all about uh, those action sports. So yeah, BMX riding, Matt Hoffman, Birth of Big Air. That's my number one. All right. Wow. Love okay. it. That is very cool. That is very you and not one that I've seen. So now I'm going to go back and watch that. Um, So, wow, I was really, that was a little echo on my end. Hopefully that's not going to last for too long. Um, I thought you were going to go with this and I, just because I think I'm going to get some of these other ones later on, I'm going to go with four days in October. To me, that's like the first 30 for 30 that I was just like, super enthralled with and could not stop watching it packs a punch it's only about 50 minutes to an hour i think i'm guessing off the top of my head it's one of the one of the shorter 30 for 30s i'm not a red sox fan but i god i just love baseball and that story is incredible like listening to dave roberts talk about him stealing the base i mean just the, the the fans going to sleep literally waking up and it's the same day they're getting ready for game four 
yeah, what's his name? What's his name walking around and saying, don't let us win tonight. Don't let us we win got tonight. Pedro, we got chill and anything can happen when they get on the mound. I mean, that was me stumbling out around Wrigley after the Cubs went down three to one as we're walking out of the sports corner in Wrigleyville. We're down three one. Nebraska just lost in overtime to Wisconsin. I'm walking around and saying, don't let us win tomorrow. Don't let us win one. Um, yeah, that's what I'm going with. Four days in October. I like oh, it. I'm, I'm fucked because that was number two on my board. So. <laughs> <laughs> the cards are falling. Um, I'm going to go. I'm going to go um, with one that I actually didn't expect to like as much as I did. And I learned something. It was, it was like, it was just a really, really fucking good. Uh, I like the best that never was the, uh, the Holloway one. Holloway. Is that his name? Oh, Marcus Dupree. Marcus Dupree. Uh, Holloway was the other Oklahoma quarterback, but he's, I think he just killed somebody. Okay. Yikes. Um, yes. I, wow. Uh, that is another one. I love that one, Brad. I didn't think it'd get first round love, but that's an awesome, awesome. I, I kind of had to go like, this is, this is tricky, but I kind of just had to go with like, okay, wh- what are the ones that like, if I'm going to go back and I'm flipping through the app and I want something I've seen and <clears throat> like, there's a mood that one always gets the, that one. It's not like a fun one, but it's just like, this is good. This mm-hmm. is really. And I feel like it, it takes you back. It does. Well, that, that recruiting story and Barry Switzer and I mean, just the, the Oklahoma versus Texas, the insane recruiting battles in small town Mississippi, and then just seeing that guy's body when he retransformed himself to go back. I think it was, didn't he go to USFL? Or did he make it to the NFL for a play? He was the NFL. He made it. He made, he made it, it for a play. Yeah, for a play or two. Um, and he just looked, he looks like a Greek god, not Sitsipas. Like, yeah. Unbelievable story. Good pick. All right, Fuchs. I'm going to start it off with it's, it might not get the same love as I hoped for, but it's uh, easily my favorite. The two Escobars. That was, I was between that and my pick. That's a great pick. Yeah. Just, I mean, the can you tell me a little bit about it? I have not seen that one yet. Oh, my God. So it's the intersection of, it's like a story basically of Pablo Escobar and the influence and love that he had on the Colombian soccer team at the time. And cool. basically, if you remember, I God, was it net? What year was the Olympics or not the Olympics, the World Cup when USA tied Colombia? They scored an own goal, and that was right around the same time that the US. Yeah, it was seventies or eighties, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I think yeah, it had to be like late seventies. I can see the footage. It's footage from the late seventies, early eighties. So this Colombian soccer player is really big, and like he he had matches on his drug compounds for these players he funded the league in Colombia, all this shit and this colombian soccer player scored an own goal for the u.s to tie them in the world cup and when he came home they were out at a nightclub and some guy shot him and they're saying basically it would never have happened if pablo escobar was still alive because he loved the team so much and basically just protected and sheltered them it, it was, it's a very it's a very cool story very, very interesting. Um, so for my follow-up, I'm going to go a little bit more for the fans, for the people. And it's the story of the best college football game of all time, mm. the Trojan War. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great one. Good. I actually just watched that for the first time a couple of months ago. It's awesome. It just, I, like, I was never, like, I was, was on the periphery of college football. Like, I, I watched it. I enjoyed it. 
that was the first game when I remember watching and like, holy shit. Like you're talking I, about USC, Texas. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> I, I mean, told, just, I, I told our friend casings, uh, that cause he always hated football in general. Speaking of hot dogs in the 4th of July. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I told him, I was like, listen, if you watch this game, if you don't like this game, then I don't know what to tell you. Like it's this, it was the perfect college football game. Uh, truly the best football game I've watched to this day. Uh, so I'm, I'm with you. I, it deserves its own story. Yeah. I, it, it's, it's up there with Oklahoma Boise state with the best. I mean, I'd, I'd rival that one up there, but yes, the best teams. And what's cool about Trojan war is it's great at building up the legacy of USC and like yeah. that USC stop and era Reggie Bush stopping on a dime against Fresno state and cutting up field, like the craziness of what those teams became with Lendell white. Great pick. Great story. I think we're back to Brad. Where are we going next? Yep. Um, uh, this is going to be maybe I'm just you know, whatever. Show, showing showing the, I like the uh, you know a little bit more of the historical aspect. June seventeenth, nineteen ninety four, uh, the one that tracks the um, the Knicks were in the finals and the OJ car chase was going on and it was like this and they do the whole thing. There's no interviews. They they cut it all together with clips and highlights and different things throughout the course of the, uh, throughout the course of the day. So uh, the way that they tell this story is, is fantastic. Yeah, that one is, that one is great. Uh, it w- I have seen that one, but it wasn't on, it wasn't on my board, but that is one I've seen. Okay. That's a great one. I love how they, and I do love how they piece it all together with like cutting to the news and the games. And I think that's a, that's a great one. Yep. Sorry, Brad. Brad, I just had to run away, but I heard your pick at the end. Did you list off all of the events that happened on that day? Because this was high on my board as well. Uh, no, I did not. Um, okay, so it I, was, I mentioned, so I mentioned the Knicks. The Knicks were in the finals. It was the um, Knicks Rockets finals. It was the opening of the World Cup at Soldier Field. Yeah, that's right. Arn- Arnold Palmer's final round at the U.S. Open. It was of course, the, the OJ New- car chase. OJ car chase, which is the main thing, and the New York Rangers Stanley Cup celebration. And Ken Griffey Jr. tied Babe Ruth's record of most home runs before June 30th. <clears throat> yeah. And it's just filmed so awesome, which I know you already talked about, but yeah. very, very cool 30 for 30. Uh, so, yeah, that's mine. Good pick. Good pick. All right. A lot of my top ones are still here. I'm going to go with Fantastic Lies, mm. um, the Duke lacrosse story. Yeah, that's uh, a little mad I didn't uh, – Take that. That's a really good one. Yeah, that's probably the one I've seen the most. It gets a little bit of that true crime that, you know, everybody loves in the new Netflix age when we want all the true crime stories and it's solving a uh, solving a case. And it's, you know, the media ruining the story, which everybody can relate to now, obviously. And um, so for anyone who hasn't seen it, it's just these Duke lacrosse players throw a party. Um, things get a little out of hand, allegedly, and things happen and a girl leaves and ends up um saying that she was raped at the party basically the entire country just condemns duke lacrosse duke lacrosse is right on the verge of being a top lacrosse team the year prior they had just lost in the national championship game um they're a rising program with a great great team and uh, all of these kids basically just got crucified immediately without having any any court any even anybody hearing their side um and then obviously eventually the truth did come out and their captain i think his name was brad evans um, mm-hmm. has a really famous 
famous line of when he's standing in front of all of the cameras and he just says, you have all been told some fantastic lies. And it's just a really great sports reporter moment if you like that juice. And anyway, love, 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 fantastic lies. That's great. All right. Mr. Sandro. Uh, Okay. Uh, For my second pick, I'm going uh, Roll Tide War Eagle. Ooh. Love, love that one. I just love the Iron Bowl. Can't beat. It's hard to beat that game. Mm -hmm. Um, So, number two. I would have been between, yeah, it was actually, it's funny you guys both picked them, but between that one and um, uh, Brad's with uh, the best that never was, two of my favorite college football ones. Yeah. Very, very cool. Sandro, you got the wraparound. Yes, I do. All right. And my my third one here, I'm going with the uh, late 80s, early 90s, Bad Boys, Detroit Pistons. Oh, yeah, that's a great one. Bad Boys is a great one. So that one's one's super. I mean, it's just cool to look back at the way like it really does juxtapose the way the game was played then versus the way that it's played now. Um, I don't like I got I was obviously super into the NBA when Jordan was around, but like my memories are only when the Bulls first started winning titles. So I didn't really get the um, didn't really get the the Pistons hate that everybody kind of had back then. So to see that, it's like, yeah, what I mean, Fuse, you've got you've got at least a little bit of Detroit Pistons fandom in you. Is there, are they are those guys still revered? Like, do the people talk about them a lot? Uh See, part of the problem, I think, you know, in some in some circles, yes, but like Joe Dumars hurt his legacy when he was GM. Yeah. Uh, there's there's still a lot of there's still a lot of respect for uh, God. Why am I blanking on his name at point guard? Isaiah. Yeah, Isaiah Thomas. There's still a lot of respect for him in some ways, but like he also tarnished his legacy with all the sexual assault shit. And yep, I'll get you. No one ever liked the white guy. <laughs> yeah, Lambert, Lambert seems like he's okay with nobody liking him. <laughs> yeah, he just, he's like, I'm just, listen, everyone doesn't like me. I'm just going to coach a women's basketball team for a bit. And he did well at that. If yeah. I remember correctly, he uh, won a couple of WNBA championships. Yeah, I think I think that's right. Was it college basketball? Yeah. I, can't, I think it was WNBA. I think it was WNBA. All right. Yeah, I don't. There's not the same like holy ground as there is with like the Bulls in Chicago. Yeah, like, yeah. People don't talk about the Tony Ku coach of those teams the way that we do. No, I, I think there's still more talk of like Chauncey Billups and like that that yeah. era of Detroit versus you know walking off the court all bitter after you lost just doesn't play as well as uh, winning. Yeah. yeah that's fair. <laughs> All right, Tyler. Bear down, Chicago Bears. Let every play clear the way to victory. The 85 Bears. This should have been the first round pick, but I knew I was going to get it a little bit later, and I'm way too scared that one of you might steal it from me. To So I'm going to take it here right now. This actually is the best one. Um, it's just the it's the best team in NFL history, and you get to see the absolute evolution of how that team got to be the way it was. Um, and it's just the the absolute dich- Brad, you just talked about this the dichotomy of 
the offense and the defense when you have Ditka versus just the all-time great with Coach Ryan, which two of his – he bred two of the well, kind of crazier NFL coaches of all times, those two kids. But Buddy Ryan himself was not as much of a lunatic. But he was a lunatic because he just ran the, basically the same call every single time, automatic front coverage, automatic front coverage the whole time. This team is full of intellectual geniuses when it comes to the football field. He made them absolute – here we go again, philosophers on the football field. They knew where everyone was going to be. No defense has ever been or will ever be as good as that team was. And it's the best 30 for 30. Bear down. Tyler, I knew you were going to take this at some point in time. And I was looking at all the lists of the 30 for 30s. And I said it after I watched it. And I feel it this way too at this point. I feel like it's no better than an after-school special. I, I think it's really... That's I think awful. it's really like it's like a Wikipedia article put on screen. Okay, go back to being a Colts fan. You can go I'm back to being a Colts fan because that is. I, I knew. I, I, like, I'm trying to present this to you in a really I, gentle way. I really, I really, I, I don't care. I mean, I understand that I your like opinions are absolute trash because you told me you don't like fruit pizza. So I'm, I, I can promise you, I'm confident in my own skin to not care about what your opinion is because all you want to talk about is Kansas football when the whole world's realigning in college football. So you know, people don't I'm care very much not being in line with you. And I think this actually helps my case. Bear fucking down, 85 bears. I'm just saying, like. If you write a Wikipedia article and you put some 85 Bears highlights on, that's basically what the documentary was. But it felt like it felt like they did it. I mean, you're just wrong. I mean, you sound like you're getting fucked by stupid right now. Okay, seems like seems like you're handling this sort of thought process pretty well. It's it was a a joke from the boys. If anybody watches the Amazon Prime thing, and actually, I'm handling it great. I'm I'm very much okay. (laughs) I have not watched season three yet. Is season three good? Oh, yeah. It is. It is better than the first two. It is okay. awesome. Uh, awesome. Um, I was just going to wait for it all to come out at once or be done coming out. And then I'm just going to binge it. I think that's a good decision. I wish I would have done that because I'm caught up in this last episode was the best one ever. It is my it's one of my favorite shows, like climbing the ranks in terms of all time favorites. I'm, I'm getting caught up and I'm telling myself to slow down now and maybe start watching Stranger Things because yeah, it's it's fucking good. <clears throat> Don't stop. Get to this last episode. It yeah. was yeah. it was incredible. Uh, okay. Well, uh, back to that. Um, a lot of my top ones are still here. I'm gonna go with a mm, yeah. I'm gonna go with something a little bit more fun because uh, both might have been fairly serious here. Um, let's do the Fab Five. Oh, you motherfucker! I knew it wouldn't get back to me with Fuchs, with Fuchs coming around here, but I love the Fab Five documentary. Uh, Sesame, Street produce, Sesame Street produced that, right? That's just like a, a real awful PBS movie, I'm pretty sure. Uh, uh, uh. PBS produces a lot of really good content for children. If you have a brain that hasn't been developed and you're still a child, then you're going to like Brad's list of 30 for 30s. But it doesn't bother him, guys. It's not bothering him. It it doesn't. It's called just making fun of you. I'm not not even remotely bothered. Okay. You can continue to try to project, but great Dude. pick for the Fab Five here. All right, my turn. Your turn. You, do you guys want to keep going? No, 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 no. Tyler definitely doesn't. He doesn't care. <laughs> you, you don't. Do you see how he just projects? He just like projects everything. I just sit here. I make jokes. I'm doing just fine. <laughs> Like there's it's for anyone who actually listens, there's pretty clear where there's confidence and insecurity. So yeah, I'm, I, my list is doing pretty damn great. 
So I got a question before I pick my next pick. Does it have to be 30 for 30? Because I'm not sure this one is. I know it's an ESPN produced. Mm. Say it and we can we can discuss. Yeah. Unrivaled. Unrivaled. It's the story of the uh, the fight between the Red Wings and the Colorado Avalanche. And that was going to be my other fight was Claude Lemieux versus mm-hmm. McCarthy. Yeah, I don't like the pick, so you can keep it. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I feel about your entire board, Brad. So, yeah, that sounds great. Okay, that's good. Uh, I'm not okay. I'm not. I really. I don't know what this is. Can you tell me a little bit more about it, though? Fuchs? You can have the pick. I just want to learn more about what it's about. So basically, it's they, it's it must have just come out recently because I just watched it for the first time like this past week, and the Red Wings were shit for like all the early like late '80s, early '90s, and then they had a little bit of a rivalry going on between them and the Colorado Avalanche. And then during a game, Claude Lemieux, who was a dirty-ass fucking player, checked one of the Red Wings players into the board, broke his jaw, like broke his face in. And so the Red Wings players, there was like a scuffle in the locker room, all this shit. They were planning on just beating the shit out of Claude Lemieux the first chance they got. First two games the next season weren't able to, so all this pent-up anger, they finally met up on the ice with Claude Lemieux and the entire team just went to town on them. It's wow. It, it might be telling that two of mine are trying to focus on fights between. Yeah. So much of my night is talking about fights between Detroit teams <laughs> and their rivals. Yeah. But it was. It's that sounds it really good. Most memorable sporting events in my life is just the the release of anger and frustration. The entire team just beating the shit out of the entire Colorado Avalanche team. Hell yeah. Well, I know I know we have a few diehard hockey fans that are uh, weekly listeners that are going to respect that pick yeah. a lot, and I'm going to add it to my watch list too. That sounds awesome. And I think you have another one here on the wraparound, so where are you going next? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm torn between two, and just because it was brought up a second ago, um, and it's a really interesting story to me, the band that wouldn't die. Mm-hmm. Good one. If you're not aware, this is the story of basically the Colts ownership before they moved to her, I guess, not, wait, no, is it the, oh, the Baltimore. When they left Baltimore Colts to go to Indy. Yeah. They left in the middle of the night. They just moved yeah. everything out in the middle of the night and just everything that it did to the city and how shady and underhanded this shit was. And it's just a very interesting story of like, you know, it's part of the reason why I like, um, a lot of like the English soccer, German soccer, and also the Green Bay Packers because our team's not going anywhere. We're not going to get relegated to the Chicago suburbs or something like that just because the owners don't like the city anymore. So uh, We're not getting relegated. We're getting promoted to the suburbs. Soldier Field has needed an upgrade for 30 years. I'm, I'm very happy to be going out to Arlington. Yeah, the, the city, everybody's a winner by, by the Bears leaving the city of Chicago. Yes. Um, that is still the most insane location for a football stadium. I don't really. You oh want to move God. to the Chicago suburbs? Okay, it's easier lo- to get to Arlington Heights than it is to Soldier Field. The location's great if you're watching it on TV. That's what that that's what it is. Because if you're wanting to have a beer before the game, you have to walk three miles before you get to the stadium. And only ten percent of season ticket holders can have parking passes. 
Well, the, half, the, the, half, the, fans, half the fans could use the three-mile walk before a game. That's pretty much coming from a Green Bay fan. It's not like they're exactly a bastion of health. <laughs> fair. That is, that is There's a, a reason that when I left Wisconsin, I lost 10 pounds immediately. <laughs> but I had fun gaining it. I was going to say, you don't like eating cheese for breakfast, lunch, and dinner? I don't know. I feel like cheese curd should be served with every meal. I agree with, with Wisconsin 100% on that. Yeah. Agreed. Best best bar, best uh, bar appetizer, cheese curds. Oh. Good old homemade ranch. Yum. All right. I can't hold off on taking this one any longer. Not even because I think it'll necessarily get picked, but, but just because I enjoyed it so thoroughly. I like documentaries that I leave either learning something or my opinion on something has been shifted in some way, shape, or form. And this, this did both. Uh, catching Hell. See, that's hilarious. I was going to make fun. I think that's the worst 30 for 30. That is not good. I'm a, as a diehard Cub fan, that's yeah. not a good 30 for 30. It feels like you believe that after everything I said. It's not. Okay. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, I mean, it's not as bad I, I, as Long Gone Summer. The biggest thing for me was seeing the behind the scenes stuff and, um, you know, understanding. Like, I didn't know a lot of that story. I really hadn't gone through it too much. And, like, the fact that he had to be hidden and that, like, his you know, to think about all these 30 for 30s that they've got people to come back for and be interviewed. And the fact that this guy like was so traumatized by this that he could have made millions of dollars from being Steve Bartman. Like he could have made so much money and he was just like, F this, I'm out. I don't want this life. And the fact that he's remained anonymous and allegedly lives like fairly close to Wrigley Field and still is just this shadowy figure is fascinating to me. Um, Thought it was thought it was it was something that I cared about, which obviously matters, and then uh, was just was just super interesting. So, what do you mean by shadowy figure? Everyone knows exactly what he looks like. Yeah, but how many pictures do you see of him? It, I still know exactly what he looks like. You know, oh, you're saying you're like. saying he just like hides in the shadows, not like people don't know who he is or yeah, what. But like, I was yeah, like his his name and his face is absolutely legend. Everyone knows. Two mile radius of Wrigley Field. This this is like one of the most famous faces in the entire history of Chicago Cubs fandom, and there's not like blogs dedicated to following him around. I read something recently about the guy who voiced Jar Jar Banks. Yeah, I mean he's fucked very, too. in a very similar fashion to that, where he's just like, you know, they 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 got a lot of the people from the prequels to come back into Star Wars over the years, and now especially with the Obi-Wan Kenobi story, but like the guy who played Jar or voiced Jar Jar Banks is like, fuck all of you. No. Yeah. Never coming back. Never touching that. Just not happening. Yeah. Um, I was actually yeah, I'm always that fascinated game. by that because it's, it's easy to sit there and be like, well, this is what I would do if I was in that situation. But like this broke that guy. Uh, oh, it was terrible. He was, I mean, he was just a lifelong Cub fan. I think he was born and raised in Northbrook. He coached a Little League baseball team in the yeah. area. He yeah. was just an all-around an amazing guy, great Cub fan. And he just happened to make the pretty tragic mistake. And, I mean, let's be honest. The Cubs are going to lose that game anyway. The ball the ball rolls between Alex Gonzalez's leg. I mean, the, all everything was going to fall apart no matter what. It's not this guy. It's just no. an entire fan base of insecure Cub fans that were just dying for a win, and that was their scapegoat to get over it and they're like oh we would have won we would have done this like no we wouldn't have we would have still lost um yeah and it's a very sad story very sad story um all right i think let's go rand university um it's, it's a story about randy moss and his upbringing up in west virginia um 
It is really interesting hearing the kind of the logistics around his arrival at Florida State, departure from Florida State, going to Notre Dame for a hot second, leaving Notre Dame, going to Marshall, like getting not getting recruited by the big West Virginia and then being able to take it out on him at Marshall and scoring, I think, four or five touchdowns when he finally got to play West Virginia. It made me respect the hell out of Randy Moss. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Um, as a kid, as a Bears fan, my favorite player growing up was Randy Moss. You, you, when you, when you are, when you're playing football with your friends in the backyard and your buddy throws you a pass, you're fake tipping it to yourself one time, two times and catching it and doing a toe drag because he was so cool. And then not to mention because he hated the Packers and mooned their fan base. He was just legendary. It's just, it's the best troll move ever. When the Packers fans, well, in like, I don't know if you know the story behind, I think they go into it on the documentary, but like there was a group of old Packers fans every game who would moon the opponent's buses. Oh, I think that's a hilarious tradition, by the way. I don't hate the Packers for doing that. I think that's hilarious. And people, especially like stodgy old Packers fans, got all upset when Randy Moss like fake mooned them. Like, get a second. It's perfect. Yeah. And like, it's one of the best troll, troll jobs ever. It was it was the perfect celebration. I yeah. as a Packers fan, I fucking loved him and I loved <laughs> that celebration too. Like it was it was perfect. That's what sports are supposed to be. It's supposed to be moments of joy and just pure awesomeness. And that's yeah. yeah. That's saying a lot coming from a Bears and a Packers fan here that one of our like our favorite players growing up was a Vikings player. So yeah. very cool. Loved that one. Mr. Sandro, did I take one of those from you? Yeah, Randy was uh, the last one that I uh, <laughs> that I actually watched. So my next two, I went through the list and picked two that really stood out to me that I would like to watch. <laughs> right. I'm excited. So what, what are we watching? Uh, so number four uh, is going to be Angry Sky. Angry Sky. Okay. So have What's you guys seen one? this one? No, this is. I uh, I would love for you to read us the synopsis. (laughs) This is a story of Nick Piantanita. He held. uh, He's from New Jersey. He was a pet store owner and truck driver, and he at one time held the highest um, recorded like parachute drop until, if you guys remember back in I think 2012, Felix Baumgartner um, broke that that record. I think is that the Red Bull guy? Yeah. The when Red Bull guy, basically. Yeah, jumped from 135,000 feet. And I think this guy, Angry Sky, it looks like he that held this record. years ago. He held this record. He jumped from 123,000 feet back in 1966. And uh, so he held that record until 2012. So that one sounds fucking amazing. So that's going to be number four for me. So I got to go watch that. 2012. That makes me feel super old. Yeah. That's crazy. That feels like it was yesterday. I don't appreciate that. Um, and then my my fifth and final here that I'd like to check out is Big Shot. Oh, so good. Yeah? Okay. So good, Ollie. Good. Fellow Islanders, we can shout out the Islanders here. What up, Kel? Uh, wait, before I explain Fuchs, Brad, have you seen this, like this one? No, I haven't seen this one. No. Okay, so this one's, I'll explain it really cool. I'll, oh, uh, Ollie, do you mind if I give the cliff notes a real, please, real life? Yeah, please okay. do. So it's this guy who basically cons his way into owning the New York Islanders. So he's oh. a guy from the island who is basically fraudulently writing up bank documents to prove that he has a fixed amount of assets and will go to another bank and take out a loan. And back in the day, it was way freaking easier to do that. So he did it like three, four times and got enough money to buy the Islanders 
absolutely incredible story talking about like the logo change, like maybe one of the worst logos in all of sports when they had this awful, like fisherman looking guy on there. Um, but just a crazy, crazy story of a, a diehard, diehard Islander fan who wanted to, who, he wanted to save his team because basically the current owners were like running the Islanders into the ground and he wanted to save them. Um, and he was like, a, he was a hero. Like truly when he got, when he purchased the Islanders. He was an absolute hero on the Island, but it's funny. They brought on some of his friends. They're like, wait, he bought the Islanders. They're like, what are we talking about? So it is a very fascinating story and worth a watch. So Ollie, let me know. I'll pop over and watch it with you. Again. Yeah. Stoked about that one. Cool. All righty. Um, last one real quick. Let's go between a few. I'm going to go with, wow. I can't even believe there's a couple still on the board here. I'm going to go with Youngstown boys though. Um, Youngstown boys is a story about Maurice Claret and uh, a lot about Jim Trestle as well. And just the all of the Ohio state university shout out trademark. Don't get, don't sue us. Um, but it also, if you don't like Ohio state, watch this movie. Cause it'll make you hate Ohio state. Um, <laughs> because, I, I remember Maurice Clouette's freshman year as as well as that Reggie Bush USC year. Like Maurice Clouette, as an 18-year-old from Ohio going to Ohio State, it was such a big deal. Number 13, he was an absolute bowling ball, and he was incredible, taking him to the national championship and everything. And he was just treated like to say he was treated piss poor is just not even fair. It was just disgraceful what that university did to this young man. And it's what makes it even better is it does come full circle and he is doing amazing work. Now he's like saved himself basically. Um, but yeah, the Ohio state should basically not be, you want to talk about football programs who should not exist anymore. Uh, the Ohio state. Because that is as corrupt as it gets. And I mean, I just agree in principle. They should get rid of the football yeah, program. Yeah. Um, but should, anyway, it's worth the watch. Uh, the Ohio State University. Not the. Well, the. That's a nice insult. Like you're saying it, but you're kind of like, Ugh. <laughs> I don't say the really anyway. Yeah. Who says the? Yeah. The just Ohio the. State. You, you realize how stupid it is when you actually say it like that. Mm-hmm. It's a dumb. It's a dumbass school. Like the, their whole thing is just spelling their own name. Mm-hmm. And not to mention uh, a very large amount of their uh, medical came from Leslie Wexner, who we all know is an absolute dirt scumbag. So a lot of dirty money in Ohio has built up that university. Ooh. We don't have to. We don't have to get too contentious here, but that's <laughs> yeah. that. That's where it, that's where a lot of it comes from. So I don't know who that is. He owns the limited owns. Uh, he's the guy who owned like Victoria's secret, absolute pedophile scumbag associated with Jeffrey Epstein. Oh uh, yeah. No, I didn't know that big time, big time, big time billionaire. And yeah. Anyway. Cool. Sounds like, sounds like a horrible person. Cool. <laughs> um, all right. My last one. Um, we'll keep a clip in here. Uh, survive in advance. Uh, right. The NC state. Um, Jim Valvano story. That one. <clears throat> Uh, it was just so good. And the first time I ever heard about that team, the only, the, what my memory of it, I it wasn't even about the team. It was that highlight reel of the, you know, top decade, top uh, sports highlights of the last hundred years that came out in like 1999 that ESPN did that I would watch over and over and over again. And they had the video of a guy dunking with no time left on the clock. And I had to like, look up, man, was there a big dunk with no time left on the clock? And I was and like, and then it just becomes even more and more unbelievable the more you read. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Love it. Respect that one. Do I have one more? 
You have one more. You get to wrap up the draft here, and then we'll do a quick honorable mention. Well, then I'm going to go with the one sports record that will never be broken. Is this the rugby one? (laughs) The Four Falls of Buffalo. Uh, Not only did they make the Super Bowl four times in a row, they lost every single one. Mm -hmm. And if you see, you know, the Buffalo Bills fan base nowadays, and they're kind of like the lovable losers, just get together in a parking lot and drunkenly jump on tables and shit. It, Those are like, the Super Bowl favorite Buffalo Bills to you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't you, is it just me? Don't you feel like this lovable, and I agree with you, they do kind of have this lovable loser kind of persona to them. Does that feel somewhat new to you? Like, last four or five years, everyone's opening their eyes to how cool Bill's mafia is like, Oh, these guys are awesome. They're just trapped up in Northern, Northern New York. Like growing up, I never even thought of Buffalo. I wasn't like lovable losers. I was like, I don't even know where they are. And I don't know. I just feel like that's a, it's a popular thing right now to think Buffalo's cool. Probably. It's, it's almost like if green Bay was bigger um, and had better access to internet. <laughs> like if they yeah. could post if they could post their shit on Instagram more frequently and like we're just a little bit more uh braggadocious with their like being drunk. Yeah. Instead of just like eh, we won, we lost, eh, let's go drink in a parking lot. Like mm-hmm. Bills fans just get a little bit more rowdy with it. And there's something admirable about that, you know? Very much so. Yeah. <clears throat> that would have been on my honorable mentions. Um, I we didn't take the U. I'm, I I and I actually I want to ask this: Did anyone consider taking uh, the Last Dance, or would that I, have been- I, I figured the Last Dance wouldn't count because those are such independent things. I was going to ask about OJ Made in America, and yeah, um, then just was like, eh, let's not complicate it. Agreed. Um, that was my thought process as well. I still haven't so, seen the Last Dance. Any of it? Oh my I mean, God! That's that's all I remember from COVID. Yeah. Because like protest, <laughs> I mean, it's good. It's good to watch. It's you know, it's like watching the Bad Boys one. It's just it's really, really, really interesting. Yeah, but we're always going to be able to look back, and there were no sports on. Like there was not a single sport on in our life. So we got to wait an entire week. It was the entire country, every single sports fan. That was all you had. It was the only new sports thing we could consume for ten straight weeks. I had some friends who got well, we some marble racing and horse racing. I know, but no, no. I had some friends who got really into the Belarusian soccer leagues. There we go. <laughs> There's some good stuff out there. <laughs> right. Get some illegal streams. There was a team called Breast, so everyone was rooting for Breast, <laughs> <laughs> like like grown adults do. <laughs> Love it. So there I were a few that came up when I was just like looking at list of thirty for thirties to you know you jog your memory and everything that I haven't seen that are very highly rated. Um, okay. Read them off. I want to hear what, what, do I, what do other people think are good? So um, Last Dance and OJ Made in America are always one and two, but it's always like if you count these. Um, Once Brothers about uh, Drazen Petrovic and uh, Vlade Divac uh, is supposed to be apparently amazing. Cool. Um, Hillsborough, the soccer one. Oh, um, very good. I haven't yeah. seen that one. Fuchs, have you seen that? Yeah, you kind of have to as a Liverpool fan. Yeah, it's 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 tragic. Um, really, really tragic. Like, a, how how many people died? Like ninety some. 
Oh, yeah. so and it's you know they're they're starting to like loosen up the restrictions. I won't get too far into it to get us off track, but yeah, yeah it's 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 worth a watch if you're if you're up for being sad, <laughs> and if you're if you're a soccer fan too. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the other one that I haven't seen that was on all these lists was Nature Boy, the one about Ric Flair. Have not seen that either. Yeah. So those those are those are my recommendations of things I haven't seen yet. So Unguarded was one it was probably my favorite for like the longest time i can't believe i actually didn't draft it love unguarded can't recommend that one enough uh story about a guy from fall city massachusetts um goes out to fresno state comes back and he's a basketball player that has a drug problem now he's a motivational speaker really cool full circle story like that uh the marinovich project kind of interesting if you're I mean, if you like like the Tiger Woods and uh, the Williams sisters, it's that same yep. kind of concept of a parent basically grooming a child from birth to be a professional athlete. Um, and then King's Ransom with the uh, Wayne Gretzky story is a really good one. Yeah. So. yeah. But all righty. Uh, do we want to read the list? I think you guys can just check out our list on Twitter. We don't need to spend the time going through them again. Just check us out on Twitter at Bloodlines Picks. Um, Fuchs, you're one of our most loyal engagers on there. So everyone else, why don't you engage with him um, on after this draft and tell us who your favorite uh, draft was. Where are we going next, boys? I think we're going to Oxford, Mississippi. I think it's about that time. Let's do it. In, in West Omaha, he was born and raised. Ali browsing hinge for the rest of his days. Swapping on right to find the girl of his dream. So many of them, not what they seem. From love languages, dogs, or a Netflix binge. Yo, Holmes, welcome to Unhinged. Unhinged. Welcome to Unhinged. All right, everybody knows the drill. This is the part of the episode Let's where go. Brad, Tyler... And now Fuchs will tell me if I should swipe right or not. No names, no pictures. Let's find some love in Ox. You say Oxford, Mississippi? Is that where we're going? Oxford, Oxford, All Mississippi. Right. Oxford, Mississippi. Who chooses these locations? This was based on the College World Series winners' location. Got it. We always we always tie into what's going on in sports. Yeah. <laughs> If you don't pick up on that, we all we always tie it into something relevant in the sports world with where we go. Yeah. So, like, if Oregon joins the uh, Big Ten next week, we'll go to Eugene. Yeah. Uh-huh. Should be uh, there. Should be some talent there. Yeah. You would think. And when Washington State loses their football program next year, we'll go to Pullman. <laughs> I think they canceled it already. Let me check Twitter. Probably. Can't wait. All right, Allie, let's ride. All right, first one on the board, and we're and we're we're starting with a uh, a voice prompt. Oh yeah. All right, voice prompt. Here we go. Don't hate me if I. Okay, so don't hate me if I am too competitive when we meet. Um, Whether it's playing a video game or going to play pool or darts or anything, I am going to try to beat you every single time and might get a little upset if I'm losing, but it's all fun and games. She just described the date where we're playing video games, darts, and pool. I'm in. Yeah, I was gonna say that was fucking great. Very competitive. Do we we even need to keep going? (laughs) I take I take pride in how neatly I can fold a t-shirt, how kind I am to the bugs, knowing every the most kind every knowing every song I hear when I go out, and how good I am at game boards. There's that competitive spirit right there. (laughs) The one thing I'd love to know about you is the character you choose when playing Mario Kart. 
Shout out Donkey Kong. Let's go. Or yeah. if you can play pool, the way to win me over is low-key roasting me playfully. I'm kind of an ass and love when someone will banter back with me when I'm giving them hell. I say go. It sounds like you're going to break up after nine months, but it'll be a really fun nine months. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's, that is fair. Yeah. Kind of a long profile. She seems just like an absolute pool, like a pool rat, where she's just wanting to just play billiards all day. Which the, the type of people that talk about billiards this much in 2022, I'm not sure what kind of girl this is going to be. Um, but nonetheless, she sounds fun and entertaining. We can get that's a that's a plus. That's a, that's a, at the very least a story for for everybody at some point in time. Let's I mean, go. she's gonna she's throwing she, she'll yeah. at least hustle the bar tab, so you won't have to pay for that date because she's gonna beat yeah. somebody at the table. <laughs> All right, love it. One on the board. All right, second up. Where to find me at the party? At the stage, singing at the top of my lungs with a drink in my hand. I'm overly competitive about college football. Hashtag War Eagle. Worst idea I've ever had: singing Dolly Parton at 3 a.m. in a bar. I don't want to date somebody that sings that much. You what? I don't want to date somebody that sings that much. It's a lot of singing references. <clears throat> huh. I, I, I think this chick sounds great. I love, why not just jump up and sing on the stage? She was just being a diehard college football fan. I think that's fantastic. See, no, here, here's the problem is diehard football fan is different than diehard like Auburn. Yeah. Fan, like Auburn, Alabama fan. They're, they're just different. They're different. Someone, someone dropping a war eagle in Oxford. Yeah. Ollie, what's your thought here? Are you are you are you you liking this one? I'm just not sure about, you know, she talks in the beginning, where to find me at the party is like singing on stage. But then she's like, the worst idea I've ever had is singing on stage. So I was like, that kind of throwing (laughs) me off a little bit here. Mixed signals. I I don't know how to feel. If I'm at a house party and my date jumps up on the table and starts singing, I'm with you, Ollie. That's not great. Yeah, yeah. So all right. Well, fair. Touche. I agree. Uh, number three. Oh, here we go. I'm weirdly attracted to bearded guys. Nice. <laughs> All of our listeners who can't see my face, it is uh, covered in hair. They can see the uh, logo for the podcast where you have the thickest, manliest beard. <laughs> this is true. This is true. This is true. Brock, you captured that well. Yeah. Uh, weirdly attracted to bearded guys, tattoos, and dad bods. The most, my most irrational fear is the dark. And the hallmark of a good relationship is communication and honesty. To be honest, I, I can't sleep with a light on anymore. So, yeah. That's kind of so, I don't know if it's irrational to be it's afraid. It's also of not the irrational. Problem. No. I mean, I, I mean, hand up. If I'm turning the lights off in the basement, I'm still sprinting my ass upstairs because someone's chasing me. I definitely still do that. We have a really creepy laundry closet area with like a bunch of yeah, that, that would freak me out. You're and sad. if I'm like turning the lights off in there a little bit, oh my god! All right, I'm gonna go on mute here because my wife's deciding to bang all of our pots and pans together at the same time. Well, it's too bad he went on mute and not and not silent. I was gonna make a comment about women singing unsolicitedly and their ability to do so uh, that she would not appreciate. So I'll just keep that to myself. Um, even if I wasn't on mute, they'd, the sound would stop. That's what I was saying. Like, it's too bad you're not on. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> this one we're out on as well. I think, I think that's telling that we need to move on from, from this gal. So number four, the way to win me over. Now, this is in all caps. I don't think I've ever seen in all caps before. But the way to win me over is making me laugh. So pretty intense. It's all caps every prompt. <laughs> to me, 
relaxation is shopping for candles and let's hashtag just chat about what our intentions are i say yes i say give it a shot this girl sounds like she's psyched all the time i'm in i gotta meet the 20 some year old who doesn't know how to turn caps lock off even her name is all caps. I don't even know how you swing that on Hinge. I don't even think that's like an editable field. Like, <laughs> my God. Editable field? Uh, <laughs> man, uh, it seems like a riot. She's It's going to be a treat no matter what. Um, I don't even think that's an editable field is, is a sentence that is oddly sexual. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I don't, but I want to. I, yeah. I really wish I did not. I'm going to save that one for the things you don't want her to say in bed. Uh, draft. <laughs> yeah, draft. <laughs> I don't yeah. think that's an editable field. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on, Ollie. That's a no. All right. Fifth and final. I take pride in this cake, the ones I bake, and this inheritance, honey. That's Worst butt, idea I've ever had, not dropping out and going to pastry school. Change my mind about change my mind about men's rights. Open to convo, but seems pretty obvious. Hmm. This is just one of those profiles that I think it's just better if I zip my lips a little bit and throw it away and let Brad comment. <laughs> I gotta be honest, I don't know that anything I say is not going to offend somebody. Um <laughs> So she's a pastry chef who's very proud of her cakes. Wait, it's Pastry Boy Summer. We love Pastry Boy Summer. It is, it, yeah, yeah, it's true. Pasty, pasty Boy, uh, what are you, a romp, a Pasty Boy romp. Yeah, PBR, Pasty Boy romp all summer long. Um, I'm just going to, I'm just, you know what? I'm thinking it's probably a no because I don't like it when, like, it makes me uncomfortable when girls talk about their inheritance, like, from their mom and they grab their boobs and their butt. Like, that's not a thing that that I'm prepared to deal with. Also, the end. I'm out. I, I got nothing that isn't super mean. <laughs> what's we implied the with the men's rights, okay? Like, I what's, just, what's implied? Is she pro or con men's rights? I don't know. Like we're trying so hard to not get canceled before the next football season. Let's just let's move on. We're just trying to get back to football. Can you get a gist for if she's pro? Can you just ask her like it's maybe not super obvious? Like, are we going fewer or more? I don't even care with the. I don't care. Like, I'm not gonna argue with her one way or the other. I just want to know. Like, because yeah. it's not obvious. And she yeah, it's not clear. Obvious. It's not clear. Less less ambiguity is great. Yes. Whatever way it goes, we can discuss it. But <laughs> clarity. Yeah. Is key. <laughs> I'll even, you know, I'll even overcorrect. I think we need fewer rights. Like we take, take them away. See, now we're, we're getting further from being canceled. We're okay. Thanks <laughs> for sure that buffer there. Okay, let's transition before we truly get canceled. We're going to wrap up the episode with another really fun uh, segment as we're going to do some clickbait oh, something. Oh, that's right. Um, we have one more. So this one was actually referred to me by a coworker. Anna mentioned it to me, I think, a week and a half ago. And then I think, Brad, this was your idea to put yeah. it onto this agenda. So this has got to be a pretty big deal right now. We're talking about the tortilla challenge. Um, boys, have you looked this up yet? Have you watched the videos? What do you think about it? Yeah, I saw it. It's pretty funny. You slap, you like drink water, and then you slap each other's face with tortillas. And first to spit out your water, 
this right this is one of the first things that's made me want tiktok because every video i've watched of this was fucking hilarious yeah, and i was really, like i was funny. laughing so hard at all of these and i think 100 percent we need to do this when you guys come in brad when you're in town and we're doing our one year recording over uh um labor day weekend we should do this mm, that's a good idea but i did want to ask you guys how many rounds do you think you could make it before you started laughing <laughs> Like, Brad, if it was me and you, how long do you think you'd be able to make it? I don't know. Have we have we recently had a conversation about 30 for 30 films? Because I would be laughing really hard at you not caring at my opinion on those. So that would be that would be difficult. Um, I, well, I definitely went. I would I just like you tell me that I would ask that you tell me that joke right before we start playing. Yeah. Then I know I won't laugh for 25 minutes. Oh, wow. Um, I think. Honestly, I think after the first time I got hit with a tortilla, as I was thinking about the next time of getting hit with a tortilla, I would start laughing. Like, <laughs> because I just can't imagine what that feels like on your face. Mm -hmm. And so, it, we're, we're, these are flour tortillas, right? Yeah. I don't know. Are corn a little bit, yeah. a, a little more sturdy? Are they going to really, are they going to leave an indentation on your face if we're using corn tortillas? No, but corn, doesn't, be corn doesn't have, corn doesn't have the surface area that a flour tortilla does. You, can, That's you get true. a lot more bang for your buck with a flour. Okay. I got a really dumb, really dumb question. Are there no corn, corn tortillas? Like the, like the big burrito size? I mean, like I know like typically the corn tortillas are the small ones. I know that, but don't are there any that. like large size corn tortillas, like a like a Chipotle burrito size? Do they, they do would, that? They would shatter. They would shatter, but they would crumble. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. I guess I just hadn't thought about that before. Yeah. Okay. Um, but if you invent the first like emulsified corn tortilla that, that you can go a long way, that would be great. Yeah. That would be this. It did kind of remind me. Do you guys ever do, uh, you know, when you're shotgunning beers and you're all getting ready to do it? Have you ever done one of those fake shotguns, which instead of drinking it, you just blow into it and it like sprays all over the person next to you's face? No, but no, I don't waste beer. <laughs> Hard Billy fucking Hardo over here, Big Daddy. Uh, yeah. Well, anyway, next time you get dragged into doing a shotgun with a college kid at a tailgate, which personally i hope that never happens ever again for me if you, if you ever do my life yeah please don't but uh yeah when you go down to drink the beer and you're getting started you know and you're cracking the top you're getting ready to kind of like toss it up and take it back instead of tossing it up you just blow a bunch of air and then the beer just sprays out the other end and goes in your per the person's face to the side um fuse how many how many tortilla slaps are you taking <laughs> I mean, you know me. I fucking laugh. You're going to laugh before you get hit. I, I, before you get hit, I'm laughing, spitting the water everywhere. Someone looks at me funny and I laugh, all right? Yeah. It's just, I know I know myself, and I'm not getting hit more. It's zero. You're right. But if I was watching you not be able to hold it, then I would also be at zero. Because you do a very contagious laugh. Uh, Ollie, how many are you going to be able to take? Uh, I could do probably... Three, four. You get like three slaps? Yeah, I can go three slaps. Tyler? I can hold it together. It, it, for me, it just is all going to depend who my opponent is. You know, yeah. if it's... If it's just somebody, like if it's if it's my wife, we're very competitive as well. I'm I'm gonna make sure I'm not gonna laugh, but I I probably still will. Um, yeah, no more than two or three. It's just gonna be way too funny. I mean, majority of the videos I watched, everyone lost in like the first round, so it was uh, pretty comical. Yeah, my my biggest concern watching them is like, oh, I gotta clean all this shit up now. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that what you have a dog for? Gunther Gunther weighs like. 
seven and a half pounds. If he ingests more than three ounces of food, he collapses. <laughs> See, that's why you got to get a real dog. Wait, don't. Your wife doesn't listen, right? She doesn't listen. Now no, no she hasn't listened. <laughs> yeah, you're good. We we've all seen the Gunter video. I don't need I don't need her coming out. We don't need a repeat. Yeah, you're you're you've got a child now and a family to worry about. All right, Brad. Uh, World clock is longest bloodlines episode. Wrap us up. All right. So a couple because we got to get the corrections in here. Make sure everybody gets it right. Joey Chestnut first won the hot dog eat hot dog eating contest in two thousand and seven. Whoa, four years are wow. That's a long time. Cat. Uh, you she said it was right as you were getting out of college. Is that right? No. Not even close. That, that, that feels wrong. Yeah, 2010. So I yeah. was in college. Yeah. Uh, Rob Deirdrick's uh, show was called uh, Nitro Circus. That's it. And it was also Rob Deirdrick's Fantasy Factory. Ah. Um, the World Cup, after which uh, the Escobar and two Escobars was murdered, was the 1994 World Cup. So... 94? Really <laughs> I was, I was saying, I was like, I thought it was 96 or something, but that, ooh, yeah, sorry, go on. Okay. Um, we rounded out the uh, July, June 17th, 1994. Felix Bumgarner's jump was in 2012. We're all very old. Anybody have anything uh, we need to wrap up here before we uh, we hit, send you all into the long holiday weekend? Well, we're missing we're missing one correction, uh, and that's Tyler's comment on Randy, Randy Gregory still on the roster of the Cowboys. That's Ooh. not true. He's on the Broncos now. Oh. Oh, I think really? somebody made a bunch of jokes about him moving to a place where weed's legal. Because he, he initially signed an extension with a five-year extension with the Cowboys. And then in the contract, uh, the Cowboys were allowed to claim any bonuses if a player was fined or suspended. So then Gregory flipped around and signed a five-year, $70 million contract with the Broncos. Wow. Good for him. That's actually really incredible that he got a contract like that this late in his career. He's only 29. That's, yeah. Which is like crazy for me to think about. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's a good stat. And it also gets me really excited as we're doing our NFL previews because there's a lot of moving players that we need to learn about over the last few weeks. But, all right, good corrections, guys. That was a fun little... And we do have, uh, Thanks, we have one more Big Ten update. Um, the rumor that seems to be uh, floating now and uh, is getting picked up is uh, Washington, Oregon, Stanford, and Cal with the potential for Utah and Colorado. All joining? All joining. Okay, that makes me think that they're going to go like Arizona State, Arizona is going to go SEC. Um it's going to be yeah, north and south. Yeah. So that when the country breaks apart in a few years, we'll just have our own college football leagues. <laughs> or just red states versus blue states. There was a good one today that showed like the electoral map that showed that the Big Ten was almost to 270 electoral votes. <laughs> Which I thought was funny. It is. Um, all right, boys. Mr. Fuchs, thank you for joining us this evening. For myself, I'm here in, uh, in Chicago, Illinois. I am Brad Kirschenbaum. Hmm? And for uh, those general, actually, Fuchsia's out here too. I've got two Chicagoans out here. For both of us out here in Chicago, Illinois, I am Brad. He is Steven. Out there in Omaha, Nebraska, we have the Hollow Back Boys, Omaha Back Boys, uh, Mr. Hammock and Mr. Godfrey. Until next week, hug it, chug it, football! football!